I think the the misconception is once somebody passed high school, sure. they're like, oh, all right, that, like I have the bare minimum that I need to know about life. Thank you for listening to Corners and Conversations by Just Contributed Support, better known as JCS. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921. Check the description for details. Stay tuned. Peace family, we're back with another guest interview. You know, with these, sometimes I split them up into two parts, and that is exactly what I'm doing with this interview. You'll be listening to part one, and the second part will be released two weeks from now. Hope you enjoy. Peace family, hope all is well. Welcome back to Corners in Conversations. I'm here with a special guest. Let the, let the youth know hey, everybody. what is going on and, What's up, and everyone? what is our episode for today. Because we have some good information for them, but I need them to hear from you. They're tired of hearing it from me. Hi, y'all. My name is uh, Mario. I am 30 years old, and uh, I've been living in Austin, Texas for a little over 20 years now. And today, we're going to be talking about the do's and the don'ts. You're going to hear a little bit of a mix of us growing up, and I'm going to add that into the context. And it's not just a list of what you should or should not do. It's more of a conversation to, for you to have a better understanding of why the people who came before you do the things that they do, or why is it that you don't do things that they would expect for you to do? So hence do's and don'ts is how we get into it. Do you think youth understand their history? I want to say that there is youth that understand where they've come from as far as their parents, their grandparents and their great grandparents and what they've had to do and struggle with to get to what their resources and what they have today. Yes, I do believe that there is a portion of, of children and youth that, that do know that. And also have a lot of children that do not and take a lot of things for granted. And I believe that right now that's running rampant. It's based on the individual. It's based on the parents' upbringing and what principles they brought to the table when they had their children. Why don't parents understand their children in a way that we would think they would? As in, when parents uh, were younger, Mm -hmm. there were things that they didn't agree with, there were things they didn't like, and they would make an agreement with themselves saying, when I get older, I will not do these things, Mm -hmm. or I will not be the example of what my parents have uh, expressed or expected of me when I have children. But then when you look at how they evolve, they tend to behave the same way their parents did. And then it's like, is that like a, a signifying moment for them to change? Or why do you think it goes to that level, like a loop in a sense? Yeah, I just think that a lot of, I think a lot of, um, as we grow older, depending on our attachments and what principles or what, what ideas we've attached ourselves to, when we try to utilize communication and when it comes down to communicating with kids or vice versa, I think that going about it in the way that we have been doing this traditional way of like reaching out to an audience that necessarily did not grow up the same whatsoever. Like nowadays to be impactful, you have to like have social media accounts. And, and they are. it's like you have to be an entertainer almost to get the attention of the youth, which is a little bit, uh, I guess, scary. Because because if it's not entertaining, then it's boring 
is what I'm assuming. And when it's boring, it's not, it's not getting through. And sometimes information that we need in life is not necessarily going to be fun and entertaining. So there's a difference between expectations and reality. Sure. There's, yeah. And I think that there's big, I think that there's big gaps in that. How can parents be more impactful then? So should each parent have a checklist? Get on Facebook, get on Snapchat, get on TikTok. And this is how you connect with your children. Yeah. See, there's not like a, you know, there's hundreds of books of like how to connect with your child. And I think every, every case is unique, right? There's 8 billion. I want to like, let's just say there's 8 billion people on this earth. There's 8 billion perspectives on how to go about something. Your kid is not going to be a cookie cutter. um, It's a valid point. Cut out of of another kid. It's not a set pattern of how to go about something. Yeah. Even if you're in the same demographic, even if you're in the same socioeconomic place, you can have literally everything almost mirrored and you can still have a unique case. And I believe that as a parent, it takes social awareness. It takes the awareness of your child is exploring something new and is new to a, a foreign place. Okay. And so they don't, they won't understand everything and they're not, they're going to do things based on how they, they're going to act on pure emotion. That I, I believe that, you know, kids do that. They, they don't run on logic just yet. And I think that's just- I, It should be, should they be expected to? No, and I don't think they should be expected to. Also, I think you can also, as a parent, if you are aware enough, you'll know how to reach your kid. When you look at parenting mm-hmm. for the sake of just pure interactions with their children, mm-hmm. someone could live with somebody for 18 plus years, but then they would wind up asking the question, who is this person across from me? Like, why sure. don't I know this person? Sure. Like, I've raised you. You've been in this house this whole time. But yet they're still not able to truly understand the person Yeah, and that, I, and that they're living with. So I was thinking about this earlier. I, I And, like, it's a long story short. But I remember when I was around seven years old, I had asked. I couldn't ask this to. I don't know why I couldn't ask this to my mom or dad. But I asked this question to a, a family friend of mine. And I said, hey, how does marriage work? When you are marrying someone, what does that mean? I wanted to know. I had seen some stuff on the news, people divorcing. I didn't know, I didn't understand what all this was. I was still kind of getting a grasp. My parents, this was taboo, especially in the Latino community. We didn't talk about divorces and stuff like that. Even though we knew it happened and it happened a lot, it was just like not talked about. So we just act like- fearful that it was just like, don't, that's happening, but just turn the other way. And so when, if I asked everything- you know, when I first asked that question, my friend's dad said, you're, you're too young to know what marriage is about. You'll know later. Now, I feel like, like now let's like, let's like step back and like, let's just see how many kids got that same answer, which I mean, it happens a lot. Uh, you're not, oh, you're not too- It's like a way of not answering. Old it. enough. When you ask a question, you're not going to get the answer because you're too young to know. But yet that's, that set a fire within me too, because I was like, well, I'm now being barred from knowledge. I want to know. It makes you want to go out there. And, and so that made me want to go out there and <clears throat> do things that I guess a typical eight, nine-year-old, seven, eight, nine-year-old wouldn't typically do. Right, right, right. And so, I, and, but, but again, you know, there's other kids that I've asked that question. They get, they get that answer and they're like, whatever. Okay. So I really, it really depends on, I mean, what's the, the fire in you? What were the things you could not do when growing up? Um, you know, I was always supervised with something. You know, I wasn't able to do things... On my As own. in somebody always had to there be was, there? There was always like a chaperone or there was always some kind of supervised event. They there was babysit always, 24-7? Yeah, I was always being watched. I was never, and when I did have that freedom, I was, I used that freedom for some mischievous stuff. <laughs> because, you know, now I'm not being watched. I can do whatever I want. 
And, and I think that also hurts a kid's exploration of things because, you know, when I was being watched, it was like, oh, you can't do that. No, no, no. You're going to get sick. And I, and I wanted, personally, I feel like kids learn by experience. Well, experience. Go get sick. Go jump in the mud. Go get dirty. Go learn. And, and you know what? I think that's why I fell in love with the magic school bus because that's what it was always <laughs> pushing. It was like, go get dirty. Find knowledge. Go get that adventure. Even though you might not find the answer you're looking for, you're still doing it and you're, you're getting an adventure out of it, like you said. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, what were things you were told then that don't make sense now? So when you're a child, you're, sure. hey, look, don't do this, don't do that. And you're like, pretty much you, you default to, well, why? Well, why? And it's like, just, just don't do that. But then when you reflect on it, you're just like, yeah, that don't make any sense now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I wanted to do music. I wanted to produce music and I wanted to be, to be a, a drummer. No, not a rapper. I wanted to be a drummer. <laughs> I believe that, you know, my parents kept saying, musicians don't get paid. Musicians are, are always struggling. And they kept putting that in my head at, at, you know, 12 years old, I was like, well, man, I don't want to be struggling. And they always like, you know, they would point out someone, you know, be homeless and they'd be like, you know, you don't, that made, might've been a musician. Magician would be yeah. homeless? That oh might've been a musician. God. Yeah. And so, you know. That's traumatizing. So that it was weird because it was contradictory. Uh, like I got a lot of contradictory messages from my parents like, oh, you know, you're, you can be so talented. You can be great, but, mm -hmm. but don't chase this because you're going to be poor. It was this, always this fear-based, like, do this, but know that you might get screwed. And I, and I hated that. Right, right. I grew up, I grew up with that, and my brother grew up with that, and that really modified the way that we chose when, when we were growing up, yeah. So it didn't make sense how they try to deter you from things by saying, if you choose that path, this will be the end, and yeah. you won't like it. Yeah, and my mom always had to throw something in, like, if, if it was a great thing, there always had to be this little, this little, little fear, out-of-pocket fear right. that, remember, this could happen. And she still does it to today. Another thing I could not do growing up. So my parents, they told me that, that, that individuals with tattoos, they would amount to nothing because they were bad people. Because <laughs> of tattoos? Because of tattoos. And not I the said, type of tattoos, and just I said, tattoos. I said, okay, mom and dad. So then I went to go get <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what people's tattoo story, they'll say, I'll go, you know, this, this is meaningful. This means this. And you're just like, nah, I just wanted to make I'm sure. Gonna do, yeah. I'm going to make sure know. that I'm going to contradict what you said and do what I want to do in my life because that makes me happy. So, right. and, and, and you know what though? And it has made me happy. It's gotten me a lot of judgment, but I've already moved past that. With that topic, sure. when people, you know, have a conversation about it, sure. should it be from other people who have tattoos? Sure, I guess. Or it could be from people who don't have tattoos. I mean, I'd love to hear what they'd say. But yes, I would love, if my mom had tattoos, yes, I would have I would have listened to her more. It would have been like, <laughs> hey, you might regret getting these later. <laughs> Look at mine, you know? But So she had a tattoo of the Mona Lisa and said, see, this is why you don't get tattoos. You say, <laughs> just yeah. Just looking that, messed up like, ooh. It don't look like right. <laughs> like, whoa. How much you got charged an hour for that? Yeah, yeah, get your money back. Yeah. I still love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case she's listening. Yeah, just in case you're listening. Disclaimer. Which I know you just will be listening. listening. I love you, mom. <laughs> and, I, and I do respect everything that you have said. For those that are the generation <laughs> behind us, what should they do at times like this? I speak to a, a lot of youth, right? And I say, okay, what is it that you want to do? And they'll say, well, I was thinking of welding. Or I was thinking of insert whatever career trade, what have you. Mm -hmm. And then I, I follow up with, what are you doing now? 
because that's what you are interested in doing. But what are you doing now to get closer to that? Mm-hmm. And then it's like they, um, um, <laughs> and that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, maybe it's just me and my expectations. Sure. So that, that's why I asked you that question. What are what is something that youth can be doing now at times like this? Because they have a lot of time on their hands. Sure. Com- compared to twenty years ago, let's say even fifty years ago, mm. there was not this amount of time for self. Sure. And I think that's beautiful. Now that we do have this extra time to spare, it would be beautiful to teach the youth how to use their power as far as exploring their interpersonal self, exploring their dislikes and their likes and their loves and what drives them, what mm-hmm. is their passions. I think that is a is a huge milestone that parents, I mean, everyone really misses now. It's been missed because this is, this is a newer, it's not newer, but it's being talked about more so now than ever before. Now I'll say it's a new concept. Sure, I, okay, like, well, conscious we- awareness. When you think about it, parents and how they went about their day, sure, it was more, I'm going to say more structured yeah. because there was not a lot of access to information. Yeah. When you look at options, the amount of options that's available today, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Especially with the amount of jobs being, you know, you can actually do them at home now. You don't have to really go mm-hmm. into a building or anywhere like that. Even in forms of like training. I mean, of course, hands-on training, I believe is the best experience. But you can YouTube what skills are available. Oh, yeah. You can research articles about it. Yeah. You, there are people who would, t- would buy a book and just out of spite, they would copy all of the pages and make it available for free. And they'll say, yeah, I paid $200 for this, but it's going to be worth it because I'm sharing it with the world. Sure. Right. I think knowledge more so now than ever before will benefit an individual infinitely uh, and, and growth infinitely. Um, and, and when you give that information to the youth, wow, you'll have such a, a turnaround in, I mean, just all kinds of statistics that we're having today. We, mm-hmm. we just don't have that conversation because I feel like, yes, it is, it is taboo to talk about conscious awareness and mm-hmm. because, you know, that, <clears throat> that, that steps in the realm of religion and, and other sorts of mm-hmm. principles that individuals have already set for generations, Right. And now you're you're talking about this thing that's this little pebble in this in this stream of of ideas that have already been established. You're 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 going to get a lot of pushback. Like that stream is going to push your stone, pretty much. Yeah, and, I like the way you put that. Yeah, and so I think that the more stones you throw into the river, and the more kind of a this is important, and the more the more parents and the more I just educators and just and, and human beings in general pushing this, right, right, the the, the better that it will be for everybody. But yeah, I. And but how to go about that? That's a really tough question, because we I think we were having a discussion about this earlier, and that we were saying that you know social media has really taken off as far as the teacher of the youth, as far as like you know what right, we, right. these are what kids are marrying. They think this is what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, let's copy it. And it's not the greatest. So, so it's like what their uh, what it seems like. Sure. I, of course, I, I just can't say it's what it what it the entirety of it is what it is. Sure. But, what people pay attention to is what they tend to attract, sure. like without paying attention to it. Oh, yeah. Well, not being aware of it. Yeah. So if somebody's spending five hours out of their day looking at uh, architecture, mm-hmm. right? How do you do schematics? What is the reason for these things? What do these numbers mean? Mm-hmm. Why are these angles drawn that way? You spend five hours a day doing that, 
I think you'll be more likely to be impactful when it's time for you to apply it. Sure. Because you're, you're building a, a wealth of knowledge yeah, when you do that. You're looking it up. You're wanting to know more. So you're doing the deeper, you're doing, you're doing the deeper dive, you know, off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then you have these individuals who are deep diving on Instagram, looking at like the most toxic uh, memes and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And they, they spend five hours a day looking at pranks. So they're they, great at pranking. And but- they great. Yeah. And so, but that's not, it's not really helping anybody. <laughs> I mean, and that, that's great that you can prank. I mean, go do the pranks. I mean, you get a good laugh, but. But. But so, that architecture, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah, but it, and also, yeah. But what are you doing on on top of the pranking? You know, and I think that's where a lot of kids are like, oh, uh, you know, I, I just I just like this. This will be the prank of the year. Yeah, though. this is yeah, like, this is gonna be understand. cool. Like, check this out. But I don't know much about this. Like, share, subscribe though. Like, how about that? <laughs> yeah, smash that like button. What are you gonna do with your life? <laughs> subscribe and you'll find out. See, and I think that that's it's beautiful because technology is. Is is a tool that is now more accessible, accessible, and and it's so. I mean, it's so accessible. And sharing your opinion now is so easy. You can you can do it on so many websites, forums. Oh, I like that you brought that up. Yeah, and I, I think really that do. I think that also plays in into a huge role with um, how kids interact today. I mean, there's just so much noise in the world. What, how do you, I think that would be a good question is that how do you, how do you teach a child to navigate the noise? It's good. Foundation of self. Um, oh, interesting. How about this one? It leads right into it. Like you're going where I need it <laughs> yeah, to go this is, actually. Yeah, this is really cool. Segway. Why do so many people find themselves lost, but in a sea of resources? So we're talking about technology. Sure. We're talking about the internet. We're sure. talking about a pool of experience because- Especially nowadays, if somebody's interested in something, chances are they can, well, excuse me, not chances, they can literally search for someone in that field, mm-hmm. whether it's on the internet or even around them, mm-hmm. and they can get that that mentorship. Mm-hmm. And all it takes for them to say, hey, I'm interested in this. I believe I have a passion for this. If you had to do this over again, what would you prioritize? Mm-hmm. What books would you read? Mm-hmm. What what uh, tools and resources that you would recommend mm-hmm. to see if I'm still interested in this? You would offer this to me. I could do some research in it. Because mm-hmm. what I realized is anybody can have a conversation, but when somebody who's passionate about uh, somebody who is passionate about something, they find somebody who wants to share that same level of interest. They would literally bend over backwards to ensure that that person has that knowledge. Sure. But children, um, even children, babies nowadays, mm-hmm. somebody is one or two years old. They, they can't put a complete sentence together, but they know how to use an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And that and they that's, can't put words together, but they could search for videos on YouTube. And that's wild. That's beautiful, but so backwards. And <laughs> I think that. Yeah, and I think that's great that we we are as as humans and we're getting a hold of our own power through technology. But we need to know with great power comes great responsibility, and I think that responsibility and that accountability is 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 missing largely. I mean, we see it in the news today with these tech companies that are not wanting to take responsibility for the content mm. that is on their websites. Um, we we don't have do a clear have to? and sure and 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 that's another question too. Do we have to? And that's a, and that this is a, this is a conversation that comes down to, I mean, these guys are mega giants, leaders in f- information. 
And when you're a leader in information, you definitely have to subscribe to the fact that there's going to be some crap on there that is going to be pretty nasty and it's going to elicit fear, like, you know, fear, all violence, kinds all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But, but that's a, but, a great aspect of applying it for life as well. Sure. Like if, if youth going to school, that not everything is going to be uh, to the parents liking. That's like, what I'm going to say. Yeah. And then what do you, so what do you do about that? So you, you have to come up with some kind of knowledge or educational bank to mm-hmm. just to show people, hey, look, this, this right here is content that is not necessarily parental okayed, <laughs> but this is why this person might be making it. And I think that's why we need, we, there's going to be content, there's going to be kids that are going to be a little bit different. There's going to always be someone different. And I think education and awareness of why that person is different, why they're putting this information out, I think that's important. I think that's important. I think it's important not to bully or bring down that person. I think it's better to understand something to destroy it. So that that would that would be a shared responsibility then. Sure. And I think that yeah, and then I yeah. And then uh-huh. I believe that it would be a shared responsibility for everyone to do that. Not not just certain individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't it seem funny that uh children never realize that their parents are growing up with them? Yeah, I think that's funny. I you know, because I I mean personally as a kid, I saw my parents as the all knowing. They they already went through life. They had all the experiences. So all the no's that they were telling me, I thought they were very like, the no's were like, oh man, if I don't adhere to this, I'm, I'm going to get hurt. And then there was Google. And then there was, yeah. And then <laughs> I found search engines <laughs> and I saw, you it, know. The, the interesting thing, man, of course, that there's a, a, a good intent that goes behind it. Mm-hmm. But once I found out the tooth fairy wasn't real, mm-hmm. right? And then I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you lied to me. I, you know what? I laughed because, you know, my brother, we found that out real quick. We would actually stay up to, to watch our parents put our presents under the tree. And we, I don't know when, it, when, we, when we knew that Santa wasn't real. I think, our, I think my mom or dad actually told me because they didn't want to get me. Well, at least that was the first which to break was your heart. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> which is, thanks mom and dad again for. <laughs> I was like, get used to it. Get used to it. For for breaking my heart. <laughs> you should sue them. I'm telling you, more children should sue parents. So do the research first. Get a good lawyer. But I think that helped me and my, my brother have a realistic understanding of what Christmas is really about instead of having this fabricated story mm-hmm. of, of, what it, of what it was, you know? So I think that helped us personally. Mm-hmm. I, I, some kids take but, it. But did you have a chimney? <laughs> No, we did. We did. I, I, I think we did. <laughs> I, 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 but there gotta, was no Santa coming down that thing. You got to ask those questions. There, there was no, there, yep, there was zero Santas. Yeah, because I, I was told I was, that. I was, well, actually, I was a little <laughs> slow growing up. I, I really was. I'm going to be Same. honest with you, <laughs> you know. But my mother, she, bless her heart, my mother believed in me, okay? She's like, you're stupid, but I believe in you. That's, <laughs> That's thanks, my parents. Mom. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mom. Do you think children today would survive in like the 1990s or Sheesh. prior to that? You know, it, that, that's a great question because it depends on if technology was, was introduced and how long it's been around. So if you took a kid that's been used to, you know, having their iPhone and their computer and their apps and their games, they, they, you know, bring them to the 1990s and they're going to be like, what? <laughs> what, what, do I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Wait, so, so would that be like 
someone experiencing anxiety because True. like they have no now there's now they have to be the being that interact with everything sure and now they're going back to the days where you know i okay i i don't you know so when aol messenger came out i thought that was the craziest i was like well, i can talk to somebody from across the world aol is america i could talk Online to yeah for everyone who's not <clears throat> aware of that sure oh <laughs> Let's let you yeah. share our oh, audience. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sorry. Understand. Hey guys, so yeah, I'm, like Yahoo I'm thirty Messenger. years old. <laughs> so yeah, so I was using AIM, and AIM is uh, again um, America Instant Messenger. America Online Instant Messenger. Uh huh. And so um, might as well just put a dictionary in there. Sure. And so you know, I that when that came out, that was mind blowing. Um, I think that kids nowadays. Yes, I think it would. I think they would struggle a little bit. I think at first they'd be like, "Okay, well, so what? What? What did? What did you guys do? What? How did you communicate? How did you? What did you post your memes? Why are you going outside to play? Yeah, what? Why? No, no, we. This is not a PS Five. Yeah, no, this. Yeah, what, what is an Atari? Yeah, and Super Nintendo, Nintendo sixty four, and I think that's great because those games. What I loved about old school gaming is that it, it was communal nostalgic you, you had game. to yeah instead of going online and plugging in your internet cord to your your system and playing with somebody online you your friends had to come to your house you you had to have friends so next it was still to you. a personal connection and you had to and yeah and when things got rough on the game things got personal and that's when <laughs> but that's when you really lived and like that was childhood it was like you it was know, an experience. It was experience, yeah. It, pl- playing these games inside, but then also like going outside and like not just staying in all day and exploring new things and and imagining like I don't know. As a kid, like I, I I had so many different times where like I was imagining that I was different things all the time, and like I feel like a ki- kids don't do that anymore. You know, nowadays that's considered weird, though. Yeah, I know it's weird, right? But, but a lot of but, people think that's weird. Like it's, it's weird to be human. Like we're on a ship sinking, and you know, like I'm just on the playground, and I'm shaking the, you know, the uh, one of the bridges that kind right, of right, right, you know right. is chained up, and we're like, oh no, and we're jumping off, and you don't see that. Like when I'm running across, like when I'm running, and I see people playing on the playground, like you don't hear that imagination, that creative play anymore. And I think right. that that kind of I don't know. It's like they're being deprived. Yeah, in a sense, it's like, well, are they getting all their creativity from? Are they seeing all this content now and that's kind of bogging down the way that they think and their creativity because now it's like they have no incentive it's, to it's accessible. To their creativity wonder. is accessible. They they can they don't have to wonder anymore. They can just look it up and say, uh, whatever they want. They let Instagram, boom. Yeah. A million pictures, videos come They're up. letting what's being shown to them replace, replace their, their ability to imagine. Yeah. And like and you know, create. And I, yeah, and I think that's, I think that's an important thing to have in life is creativity. That's so important. I think they would, in my opinion, if someone was like <laughs> taken from 20, well, 2021 and they just dropped them in 1990, mm-hmm. like I think in the beginning it'll be a shock, but they would learn to adjust. Sure. And I, and I think that's just with everyone. It change eventually if you do not. Accommodate to the change, it will run you over. That was an impactful quote, actually. Can that can that quote apply to parents as well? Yeah, yeah. It can apply like, to everybody. A lot of people, I think the the misconception is once somebody passed high school, sure. they're like, oh, all right, that, like I have the bare minimum that I need to know about life. If you are you feel like you know everything in this world, that is not possible. I mean, it's possible to know a lot of knowledge I know and Google. symbols. 
and and yeah but there is always knowledge to attain and there's always change to be made to make things more efficient and better for those around you and for yourself so even with like today's society there's for some reason a less of an expectation for youth mm-hmm. to be in leadership positions for youth to be impactful and doing things i've seen more parents ask why don't children do the things that they like compared to asking, what is it that inspire youth today? Mm-hmm. I've seen parents that will always say, this child is disruptive. They don't mm-hmm. comprehend. They don't want to relate. They, something's just wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hear parents speak of their children in that manner. And I said, okay, all of that can be relevant. But the follow-up question is, what was provided for them to be inspired? You know, what if I told you your child's future is a reflection of what you invested in them. Mm-hmm. Automatic offended. I've done everything I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, supposed to do. But in that child's eyes, did you do everything that you needed to do? And also, yeah, and then also another good question is, did you listen to what they were saying when you were giving all these things to them? And were you making them or were you letting them choose this this way of life? Because that makes a huge difference. Because if you force someone to do something that is not them, and you're forcing them to do something that is an attachment of yourself, you're already setting a condition for failure. Mm. Because if you're not communicating correctly, that child might just be doing something to appease you, but not might by not might but will not be doing it to appease their true mission in life and their, right, themselves. Right. Essentially doing it for themselves. Essentially ruining that child's mission or goals in life because now they're doing it they're doing everything to please either their parents, grandparents, friends and then they start after after that seed is planted then they start trying to appease everyone else. And I only say this because I have experience with this. So that so that's people doing things out of compliance sure. not out of commitment. Out of com- yeah, right. out of com- yeah, and I think that's a whole another conversation there too. Yeah, it's a beautiful conversation there as well. And that was part one of the interview family. Thank you for sticking around. Um, And it does seem like we cut off mid-conversation, but it is a good conversation to have, I assure you. If you enjoyed the first part, the second part is even more impactful. It will be released two weeks from now. Yes, you have to wait for it because your homework is to reflect on the discussions that was had today and ask the people around you the same questions that we was asking and talking about today you'll be surprised with the information and discussions that will go with it all right family stay tuned and there you have it folks another episode (laughs) if you made it this far thank you for listening if anyone wish to be a guest please feel free to let us know you can text the word guest to 855-691-4921 new episodes are released every other friday For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. Check the description for details. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921.